0: As you turn to Ephesians chapter 6, we prepare to learn from these last four verses of the letter. It's a fairly common ending to an epistle from the Apostle Paul. It, it did remind me of a a story, so I'll tell you that as you get to the text. Many, many years ago, well before Joy and I were married, I woke up after surgery in a anesthesia-induced stupor. Now, if any of y'all have had major surgery and you remember waking up in post-op, you know what I mean by stupor. You are not all there yet. right? Your brain's spinning, but the gears aren't engaged. They're not lining up. And so when I don't feel well, I generally want to be left alone, and yet at that time I knew my mother was in the waiting room and I had this sense that she was worried about me and wouldn't be at ease until she saw I was okay. So I didn't have all my wits about me yet, but I asked the nurse to go get my mom. And I don't think I used the word mommy. It's not entirely impossible, but I'm pretty sure I didn't. What followed was not a great example of compassion and understanding on my part. My mom came into post-op. My intention was to say something like, I know that you were worried about me, so I just wanted you to know the, the surgery went okay and, and I'm awake and I'm doing okay, but I do hurt pretty bad, so if I could have the next few hours to get through on my own, I'll see you later. That's what I meant to say. Apparently, my mother came in and leaned over and took my hand and heard me whisper, I'm alive, go away. When, when someone is enjoying the benefits of anesthesia, don't hold whatever they might say against them. So, Basically, I was just trying to express, I know you care, and I appreciate it. I thought of that story because it's one of the two items that actually stands out from the conclusion, these last four verses of Ephesians. The first thing that stands out, and this is what we're going to mostly focus on, is Paul's trust and friendship with Tychicus, the man who's carrying this letter to Ephesus. But the second thing that stands out is Paul's concern for the church's concern. They're worried about him, and he cares that they care. You know, frankly, we could excuse Paul for thinking as he is chained to some Roman soldier that he's got bigger issues to worry about than the feelings of some church that's a continent away. But this entire letter, including the conclusion, is an expression that he cares that they care. Ephesians 6, verse 21 through 24, he says, "...but that you also may know my affairs and how I do. Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, shall make known to you all things, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose that you might know our affairs, and that he might comfort your hearts. Peace be to the brethren, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. In the Word of God, we read about many unsung heroes of the faith that get briefly mentioned throughout scripture and recognized for their faithfulness even if they aren't given the the prominence of names like you know paul and peter and john in the bible i think if we started ranking bible characters we would say well there are those faithful disciples who are these apostles like paul and peter and john and then there's there's maybe a one tier down this new list of those folks who we know a lot about like barnabas and silas and Timothy and Titus. And beyond that, we unfortunately don't pay much attention to other faithful disciples. Oh, we, we have stories that we like about, you know, the Ethiopian eunuch and the woman at the well, but I don't know that Tychicus is going to make anybody's list of favorite Bible characters. But it's too bad, because there is a lot to appreciate about this man who Paul mentions here in verse 21. His name is Tychicus. And I am going to keep pronouncing it that way this morning. But I'm pretty sure I'm getting it wrong. If we were around in the first century and had been introduced to him, we'd probably get introduced to him as or Tychicus or Tichicus. It's hard to change when I've known him as Tychicus for 50 years. His name probably means fortunate one. And I'd like us to take some time this morning to, it'll be a little different, we're going to go through some different Bible verses, but I want to sort of connect the dots and kind of kind of put the story of this man's faithfulness together in order to be encouraged by him. So, you would turn to Acts chapter 20 for a moment. We'll read the first reference to Tychicus, and just as a reminder in Acts 20, the Apostle Paul is traveling with a group of men going toward Jerusalem. They're taking with them. They've gone through many of the churches that Paul had started and taken up a collection for the saints who are suffering at Jerusalem. And so they're traveling along with this love offering gathered from those churches headed toward Jerusalem. And along the way, in Acts 20, verse 16, you'll see that Paul stops at Miletus, this port that is nearby Ephesus. He didn't want to actually go to Ephesus because he knew, if I actually go there, I'm going to be stuck there for a while. I won't be able to get away. And so he stops at the port of Miletus and he calls the elders of the church to meet him there. And he preaches, in Acts 20, a farewell sermon to the Ephesians. Right? It's that sermon where he said, look, I've, I've preached to you the whole counsel of God. I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm not sure what that's going to happen, but I know you're never going to see my face again. Be sure to watch because there's going to be attacks from within and without the church. And it was followed by that tearful goodbye from the Ephesian elders as they followed him onto the ship before he left for Jerusalem. But Paul's not alone. There is this whole delegation of men who've been entrusted with that financial collection and they are traveling with him. So the elders at Ephesus didn't just meet Paul. They met this entire delegation, and guess who's part of it? In Acts chapter 20, look at verse 3 and 4. And there abode three months, and when the Jews laid wait for him as he was about to sail into Syria, he purposed to return through Macedonia, and there accompanied him into Asia, so potter of Berea, and of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus and Secundus, and Gaius of Derby and Timotheus, and of Asia, Tychicus and Trophimus. Now look at how Luke identifies this group in verse 4. He breaks them down into categories of origin. Right, Sopater is from Berea, he says. Aristarchus and Secundus are from Thessalonica. Gaius is from Derby, as is Timothy. Then he says, of Asia, or Asia Minor as we think of it, Tychicus and Trophimus. In fact, Trophimus, you're going to get a lot of names thrown at you this morning. Trophimus is another one of those unsung heroes of faith. We find out later in Acts 21, uh, you can feel free to take a look if you want to, Paul gets arrested in Jerusalem because some of the Jews from Ephesus who were in Jerusalem recognized Trophimus right they'd seen Paul in the inner part of the temple and then later they see him walking around the city of Jerusalem with Trophimus and they say we recognize that guy he's from Ephesus he's a Gentile Paul's taking him around everywhere he's taken him into the inner courtyard of the temple and Paul gets arrested he hadn't really done that but what this does tell us is as Luke is identifying Trophimus and Tychicus as coming from the same place. We know Trophimus is from Ephesus. At the very least, it's likely that Tychicus is a saint who is from Ephesus or somewhere very nearby Ephesus. This is where he's from, was saved through the gospel ministry of Paul and then sent from Ephesus to be part of Paul's work and now in our text in Ephesians 6 he's being sent by Paul back to Ephesus in order to give them an update on what's happening so you follow this Tychicus is not just following Paul on his missionary journeys he's also chosen to be part of that delegation that's carrying the financial collection to the saints at Jerusalem And now he's being, he's essentially serving as a mailman for the Apostle Paul as well as an entrusted friend who's going to bring details about Paul's condition, right? You understand, I hope, as Paul's writing that letter to the Ephesians, he's writing from prison, there's probably some details about Paul's life that he doesn't want to put down on paper. And so he writes to them and then also says in the letter, some other stuff. Tychicus is going to fill you in on the other stuff. Those things that I can't write down. So we only have this letter to the Ephesians because Tychicus faithfully carried it. Now it gets better. Look at Colossians chapter 4. Go over to Colossians chapter 4. In Colossians chapter 4 verses 7 and 8 as Paul's writing this letter to the Colossians he says all my state shall Tychicus declare unto you who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose that he might know your estate and comfort your hearts. Now We've said before that Ephesians and Colossians have a lot of similar content and they were written apparently at the same time. The words of Colossians 4 verses 7 and 8 are almost identical to what we read in our text in Ephesians 6. One notable notable difference is that in Ephesians, Paul calls Tychicus a beloved brother and faithful minister while in Colossians he adds he is a beloved brother and faithful minister and a fellow servant, literally meaning a fellow slave. And there's a reason that Paul does that, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But the other difference is that in Ephesians, Paul says, essentially, I've sent Tychicus to you so that he will tell you everything that's happening to me. Well, the Colossians letter says, I'm sending Tychicus to you so that he will learn everything that's happening with you. Paul expects that after Tychicus has done this work, he's finished this job of carrying these letters, he's going to come back to meet Paul at prison. So we only have Ephesians and Colossians because Tychicus faithfully delivered them it gets better. Look at Colossians 4, verse 9. He's being sent with Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you. They shall make known unto you all things which are done here. Okay. Who is Onesimus? He, he is a slave who stole something. And we don't, we don't know what it is that Onesimus stole. But he was a slave of a man named Philemon in the city of Colossae. And he stole from Philemon and ran away. And he went to Rome, probably hoping, hey, Rome, that's a good place to get lost in the crowd. But in the providence of God, he brings Onesimus to Paul and he hears the gospel, believes in the Lord Jesus, and Paul sends him back to Colossae, back to Philemon, Sending him down the road side by side with Tychicus. Now, this is probably an explanation for why in Colossians, Paul adds that Tychicus is a beloved brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant or a fellow slave. As the church at Colossae got their letter, they already knew who Onesimus was. right? He's that thief. He's that runaway slave and yet Paul sends him back to make amends and writes that that little letter to Philemon in the process encouraging forgiveness and says in this letter just in case it's not clear to you Onesimus is not the only slave here is Tychicus I'll call him my fellow slave because I'm a servant of Jesus and he's a servant of Jesus and Everyone who is bought by the blood of Jesus is not their own. They are bought with a price. We all belong to Jesus in order to serve him. Also, just speculate for a moment. Going down the road side by side with Onesimus, the runaway slave, might have been pretty good cover for Tychicus in delivering these letters. I wonder if he got stopped by authorities who asked Tychicus, you know, what, what are you doing? What's your business here? If he could honestly answer, I'm returning this thief and runaway slave. And I'm also carrying some letters from a political prisoner in way. You know, he's faithful and we only have Ephesians and Colossians and Philemon in the New Testament because Tychicus is faithful in his work to deliver them. Another mention of Tychicus. Look at Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3. Verse 12. Paul tells Titus, When I shall send Artemis unto you, or Tychicus, Be diligent to come unto me to Nicopolis, for I have determined there to winter. Now, we're we're taking these references in chronological order, and this is getting fairly close to the end of the Apostle Paul's life. This would have been well after Tychicus had delivered Ephesians and Colossians and Philemon, right? This This is much later down the road. Paul has been... Freed from prison, he is soon to be arrested again. But whether he's in prison or in freedom, he's going to continue the work of the gospel. And that includes using a faithful man like Tychicus. I don't want to try to preach the whole letter of, of Titus, but I want you to remember some of the basics about this letter. Titus was an elder or pastor who the Apostle Paul had sent to the island of Crete in order to ordain pastors and elders in all the churches on the island of Crete. So, the letter includes qualifications for pastor elders, as well as warnings to Titus about specific challenges he's going to face in his ministry there. Paul is actually kind of harsh toward the Christians, the churches at Crete. In in chapter 1, verse 12, he says, quotes a famous writer from Crete who says that they are all liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons, and they're not wrong. So Titus was expected to address the false teaching and problems in those churches. Look back in Titus 3, at verses 10 and 11. Paul tells Titus, a man that's a heretic, a divisive person, after the first and second admonition, reject knowing that he is subverted or perverted, warped, and sins being condemned of himself. So Paul's telling Titus, when you encounter someone like that, and you're going to in Crete, you're going to have problems in Crete, give them a warning or two and then put them out. Don't have anything else to do with them. They are perverted. They're sinning. They're self-condemned. So obviously Titus had some hard duty in Crete but think about what that means for our study about Tychicus right in verse 12 when I send Artemis to you or Tychicus be diligent to come to me to Nicopolis for I've determined to winter there Paul wants Titus to leave that work at Crete and come to him but not until he has sent a suitable replacement for the ministry one option was A man named Artemis. And we don't really know anything else about Artemis except this passage. We we can say he he was named after the pagan goddess Artemis, the same one that sort of temple loomed over the city of Ephesus. His mom and dad literally named him the gift of Artemis, but he heard the gospel and became a Christian and a faithful worker. But for Tychicus, this means he's more than just a letter carrier. The churches at Crete needed pastoral leadership, and Paul tells Titus, stay and do that hard work until I send a replacement who can do that work in your place, and then I want you to come to me. So Tychicus, Paul was confident he could do the job. He's a faithful minister. He's a trustworthy elder who Paul entrusted with even the hardest of situations. Now there's one final reference to Tychicus, back up to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4, again, this is in chronological order. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. Paul tells Timothy, "...do your diligence to come shortly unto me. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world." and has departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with you, for he's profitable to me for the ministry. And Tychicus have I sent to Ephesus. Again. <laughs> he's sending Tychicus to Ephesus again. Now think about this. There's these three pastoral epistles in the New Testament in chronological order. There's, he wrote first Timothy, then Titus, Then, 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy is probably the last letter of the Apostle Paul. You can read up in verse 6 and 7. He is is prepared to die. At this point, he has been rearrested. He's been imprisoned yet again. He expects to be executed for the sake of Jesus, and he's okay with that. Now, while Titus had been sent to lead the churches on the island of Crete, young Timothy had been given the daunting job of being the pastor-elder at the church at Ephesus. Paul loves that church at Ephesus. He cares that they care. He, he writes them letters. He, he stops by and gives them a farewell message. He warns them of the dangers they face. He, he sends Timothy to them in order to uh, lead them in the word. But now he wants Timothy to come to him before he dies. In fact, he says up in verse 9, you better come quick. So who can Paul trust to lead the assembly at Ephesus? Well, he sends them a familiar face. Verses 9 and 12 make make it pretty clear, right? In verse 9, Timothy, come to me right away. Verse 12, I've sent Tychicus to Ephesus. Tychicus seems like a pretty busy guy for someone we don't think of much about, right? It's evident that he was a a courier and a comforter. He's he's an encourager as well as an expositor. He is an unsung hero of faith, and maybe that's exactly what we should aim to be. Look look back at our text. Actually, look at uh, Colossians 4. We get all of those references in the text in Colossians 4. Verse 7 All my state shall Tychicus declare unto you, who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister. That's what Paul says in Ephesians. And in Colossians, he adds, and a fellow servant to the Lord. Well, I don't know Tychicus personally, obviously. Well, I feel like I've got to know him a little better. I'm pretty certain he would be appalled at the idea of a sermon preached to glorify him. That's not what the goal is this morning. Everything that Tychicus did, all of those things that we've read about, he did for the glory of God because of his love for the Lord Jesus. And so, just to try to briefly... Wrap this up. Let's think about what Paul said about the character and work of Tychicus and how it glorifies Jesus. I want to take those three things that Paul says. He's a beloved brother, he's a faithful servant, or he's a faithful minister, he's a fellow servant. He's a beloved brother. It's, listen, he's a brother. A stranger is not a stranger. When he's family, if you, if you leave this place and you walk yourself into an assembly in one of the other churches of the Lord, you too ought to recognize and be recognized and embrace other members of God's family. A brother or sister in Christ, we know, we, we recognize our brothers and sisters in Christ because they are fellow children of God. We love them because our Heavenly Father loves us, and he loves them. 1 John 3, 13 and 14 says, Don't marvel, my brothers, if the world hates you. We know that we've passed from death to life because we love our brothers. He who does not love his brother abides in death. And he's not just talking about brothers and sisters born to the same parents. But those brothers and sisters who are born again as children of God. We have confidence that Tychicus loved the Lord Jesus because he showed this enormous dedication and love to the other disciples of the Lord Jesus. You know, we read over these statements about the brotherhood of believers and we ignore that Scripture is consistently saying, look, this is family. This is your family. That's your brother. That's your sister. This is your family. As a child of God, this is your family. I know we ignore it because our actions so often say, well, no, this is my family. Those other Christians, there's something, well, they're good, but there's something that's just a little bit below that. And in essence, that's what we say every time we prioritize one family when we see the needs that are existing in the other. We can only begin to wonder what it is that Tychicus gave up in order to repeatedly travel the world with the Apostle Paul and then after Paul was imprisoned to travel the world for the Apostle Paul. I wonder if we could ask him if his answer would be, You know, what did you give up? Nothing, really. I was serving the Lord Jesus by serving my family. This is what I want to do. I love them. Paul says he is a beloved brother. Second, he is a faithful minister. Both times, in Ephesians and Colossians, Paul uses that term, faithful minister. And he's saying that Tychicus is a dedicated worker. I know we think about that word minister and we apply it to, well, that's the guy who carries the Bible up into the pulpit or maybe, you know, it's that guy who does weddings or funerals. Clearly, Tychicus was capable in the word of God. Paul sent him to Crete. Paul sent him to Ephesus in order to teach them the word of God. Paul's ready to put him to work, but that's not what this word means, the word minister here is simply the word diaconos, which means someone who serves or someone who does work. Tychicus could be trusted to do the work that needed done, whether that was teaching or traveling or comforting or just carrying the mail. That's what Paul means. And unfortunately, that word minister sometimes gets all of our attention when I think the word faithful is probably what Paul intends to have the attention. If there was work to be done, Tychicus was faithful minister. Paul says that is, he's faithful. He was trustworthy. He could be trusted to do the job. He didn't do it because it got him attention and because it got him recognition. Y'all... I don't know that I've ever heard a sermon on Tychicus before, and I'm pretty confident I'm never going to write another one, and that's okay. Because while the information's here, we, we sort of had to dig for it. It doesn't just jump right out at you, right? Nobody, nobody is going to sit down and read the New Testament, and when they're done, say, well, this is the story of the heroics of a guy named Tychicus, right? We also don't come away saying, well, this is the heroic story of Peter, or the heroic story of Paul. There is only one hero to this story, and it is the Lord Jesus, and we want His name to be great. And to that end, because of all that the Lord Jesus has done for us, we should be faithful, trustworthy, to work for Him. Even if that work doesn't bring us recognition. Y'all, we should be willing to let go of our desire for famous in order to embrace the word faithful, trustworthy. Are you willing to make that trade? Y'all listen, serving cookies or making crafts or teaching music or struggling to communicate the gospel to a bunch of distracted children at VBS? (laughs) There's no Hall of Fame for that. Right? Nobody's going to be preaching a sermon about you next week. It's not going to make your name great. But faithfulness is what glorifies the Lord Jesus Christ and makes his name great. Paul says Tychicus is a faithful minister. Finally, he says he was a fellow servant. And it, it might seem a little repetitive for Paul to say, Tychicus is a faithful minister, right? A, a faithful servant, a faithful worker. And he's also a fellow servant. But we explained why this is particularly important for the church at Colossae as Tychicus walked into the assembly with that runaway slave Onesimus. I want you to think about it this way. Tychicus was a faithful servant in terms of his relationship with the Apostle Paul. Paul says, look, we're we're both doing the work. Paul could put his trust that Tychicus would get the work in front of him done. But this second word, this fellow servant, is the word doulos, or bondservant, or slave. This is not Tychicus was a slave of Paul, but this is to say, not in relation to Paul, but in relation to God, Both Tychicus and Paul were bondservants. They were slaves bound to the Lord Jesus. They're bought with a price. So even at those points where they're free in this world, they're bound to serve the Lord Jesus. Our lives are to be wholly dedicated to the Lord Jesus in all that we do. The result of this, of being a beloved brother, a faithful minister a fellow servant is that we will then be used to encourage others whether you're in Ephesians or in Colossians both times Paul says I've sent Tychicus to you and he says whom I've sent that he might comfort your hearts or literally to encourage your hearts Paul wasn't going to send someone to discourage the church anyone who is unloving toward their family in Christ unfaithful in regard to their work for Christ or unresolved in their commitment to belong to Christ that kind of person is discouraging to the church ultimately if you want to be comforting encouraging to the hearts of others You have to be a loving member of the family of Jesus, a trustworthy worker for the cause of Jesus, and embrace a dedicated commitment to be a servant of the Lord Jesus. And if we do that, this this is a, a great little example for us, an unsung hero of faith who glorified the name of Jesus, advanced the cause of Christ, just by being a faithful minister, a fellow servant, and a beloved brother who comforted others.